This is The Recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Friday, December 1st, 2023. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. Opponents of the proposed Heartland Greenway CO2 pipeline filled an event venue in downtown Macomb. They were there to celebrate the pipeline company's decision to pull the plug on the project. Tri-States Public Radio's Rich Egger reports. Organizers called it the Toppling Goliath Celebration. We want to say thank you to everybody that took part in this and everybody that helped bring Goliath down. That's McDonough County farmer Steve Hess, who's a member of Citizens Against Heartland Greenway Pipeline. The organization's secretary, Marilyn Shelley, says they kept plugging away by attending meetings, rallying landowners, and keeping the pressure on Navigator, which is the company that proposed the project. At the beginning, they always, you know, it's a done deal. No, it wasn't a done deal. This is what happens when you get people together for one common cause. Navigator unveiled the project nearly two years ago. The pushback led the company to withdraw its plans in October. But the Citizens Group's president, John Feltham, cautioned that while they won the battle, the war is not over. I'm a retired Marine Corps judge advocate. The, the enemy is not defeated until the enemy is dead or surrenders. And this enemy has done neither so far. He's worried Navigator might try to come back or another company might try to build a CO2 pipeline through the region. We are not letting our guard down for one second. Faltham is still advising people against signing a voluntary right-of-way easement or a survey permission document for a sequestration easement. He says anyone contacted by a pipeline company should consult with an attorney. Rich Egger reporting. Western Illinois University more than doubled its fundraising goal for Giving Tuesday this week. The global fundraising initiative is held every year on the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Western says they raised more than $61,000 within 24 hours and had a record number of donors. The funds will go toward programs and special projects. The world demanded a lot from first responders during the pandemic, perhaps more from health care workers. Now the Center for Disease Control says they're the ones in need. Hospital workers are tired, and it's a burnout crisis. Joliet nurse Beth Corsetti says the term hero weighs heavy. With that term hero comes along a lot of feeling of responsibility, a lot of feeling of guilt, feeling that we're, we're without anyone to turn to who's going to be our heroes, who's going to help us save ourselves. Corsetti says more health professionals are needed. The CDC has launched a campaign called Impact Wellbeing. It offers guidance to hospitals for how to decrease burnout. The co-founder of the first Iowa Black Farmers Conference says it's important for black farmers to know they're not alone. Todd Western, the third's family, has owned a farm in Iowa for over 150 years. He says growing up, he only knew of one other black farmer in the state. And after attending an event in North Carolina focused on black farmers, Western says he wanted to bring black farmers together in Iowa. Because I know how important it was for my son to who's going to eventually, along with my nieces and nephews, take over the farm at some point, it's important for them not to have the same experience that I had, thinking that we were the only ones. Western says he hopes the Iowa Black Farmers Conference, scheduled for December 16th, becomes an annual event, and that it helps establish a network of black farmers that people can turn to in the future.
Missouri and other states banned abortion after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year. But the number of abortions nationwide increased in the year after the decision, fueled in part by more procedures in Illinois. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fentum reports on the data compiled in a report from the Society of Family Planning, a group that supports abortion rights. The nonprofit's report compared the average monthly number of abortions in each state before the Supreme Court decision with those in months after. Illinois and other states surrounded by those with abortion bans saw the largest increases. The monthly number of abortions in the state in June 2023 was 45% higher than in April 2022. Ashma Upadhyay is a professor at the University of California, San Francisco, who helped compile the data. We're seeing sustained increases, uh, and I think they're a result of the policy changes at the state level in Illinois and other Uh, protected access states. Florida and North Carolina also saw large increases in the number of monthly abortions. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. In our feature for today, we learned that Illinois devoted $25 million worth of federal COVID relief funds on a high-impact tutoring program. That federal funding runs out next year. Illinois Public Radio's Peter Medlin wanted to figure out how big of an impact the program has had. Melissa Sago is the principal at Lincoln Douglas Elementary in Freeport, and she remembers looking at student academic data last fall and seeing her students, the majority of whom are low income, struggling. For my school, we were at a sense of crisis. She felt a sense of urgency. So when she found out their school qualified to participate in the Illinois Tutoring Initiative, they jumped at the chance, and she wanted to lead by example. Sago recruited teachers and paraprofessionals to sign up as tutors and started tutoring students herself. From December through the spring, they tutored about 16 students in math after school. But what makes this tutoring high impact? Well, it's a few things. They have to meet multiple times per week, and they have to be in groups of three or fewer students. If you could tutor one-on-one, even better. Sago says the small group format also allows her to build stronger relationships with the students she's tutoring. Teachers just don't get much one-on-one time with their students, let alone the principal, and she says they can already see the academic impact of the Illinois Tutoring Initiative. This year, Lincoln Douglas students' math scores grew over 12% relative to other students in the state, and that's compared to the average state growth, which was about flat. Most of our students that come to our after-school tutoring program are our students of lower income, and they actually had better growth than our all-students populations. That's true. Low-income Lincoln Douglas student growth scores jumped 18% this year. Now they're tutoring nearly 40 kids with a wait list for more. And the high-impact tutoring appears to be helping students statewide, too. According to state data, 75% of students who took part in the Illinois Tutoring Initiative during the last school year achieved expected or more-than-expected reading growth. And for students tutored in math, it was 80%. Christy Borders is the executive director of the Illinois Tutoring Initiative, and she says the vast majority of students also self-reported that they were really confident in the material and enjoyed the experience. The program really worked for schools like Lincoln Douglas, but only a fraction of eligible Illinois school districts have been able to take advantage of the program. The state identified and prioritized school districts based on a few factors, like the concentration of low-income students, funding, and students who faced a, quote, disproportionate COVID-19 impact, including lost in-person instructional time. And of the 290 Illinois school districts initially identified, 
Only 20%, 59 districts, utilized the program last year. This year, it's up to a quarter of districts. But why didn't many school districts take advantage of the $25 million project? Border says there were challenges getting schools on board. A lot of our schools in Illinois have already put tutoring in place. And so they they were already working with one tutoring program and maybe it was just too much to take something else on. There were also scheduling and transportation issues at some schools. And those were barriers even for schools that did participate. Students attended the tutoring 60% of the time last year. In the northern Illinois region, 11 out of 33 identified districts are receiving tutoring, including the kids at Lincoln Douglas. Scott Fisher is the superintendent of the South Beloit Community Unit School District. His district was identified for the tutoring initiative and signed up to participate last fall. They had a local tutoring program and put it on the back burner to focus on the tutoring initiative. But... Fisher says last fall, the initiative couldn't deliver on what they promised. He says they were told they'd get 25 to 30 tutors, but ended up with less than four. And after about a month and a half, they dropped out of it and went back to their old tutoring program. He says they just couldn't wait any longer to start tutoring their students. In a statement to WNIJ, Fisher said, quote, We were excited, but I've got to tell you, there was some disappointment with how it went. The Illinois Tutoring Initiative is supported through federal COVID relief funds known as ESSER, and those funds have to be allocated by September of next year. Right now, over $16.5 million of the project's $25 million has yet to be spent. Border says they have underspent so far, but the goal is to continue scaling, adding more tutors, reaching more students, and spending as much as they have remaining. As of now, they're prepared to tutor students through this school year and into next summer. She's also hoping the funding deadline gets delayed and they'll be able to keep going beyond the summer. If not, she says they don't completely know if leftover, unspent federal aid will just go back to the federal government. What I continue to say to everyone all the time is, as long as those dollars are available, we will provide tutoring in as many places as we possibly can. At schools like Lincoln Douglas, Melissa Sago says they're more than happy to participate as long as the program will be around. She says anyway, to get more one-on-one support, especially when it doesn't cost them anything, is a big win for her students. I'm Peter Medlin. In the weather for our listening area for today, it should be cloudy, and we expect a high temperature in the mid-40s with easterly winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour. They will turn towards the north sometime this afternoon. For tonight, there's a chance of rain mainly before 11 p.m., and it should be cloudy with a low in the mid-30s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.